For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. It's great to be with you again. And uh, today we get to move out of the uh, Sermon on the Mount and into... Uh, Jesus and his ministry in, uh, in another way. Really what we see happening in the Sermon on the Mount, it, we get to the end and we read the words there that the, those that were the crowd looked at one another and they kind of said, man, this man speaks with authority. And Jesus comes down off the mountainside, the crowd is still following him, and he does some healing. And in these healings, he, he is established in himself, uh, not just in his words, but in his actions, his authority of his actions. You know, when I was a teenage boy, I went through a period of time where I began to kind of push a little bit on, uh, on the authority in our home, and especially with my, my mother. Uh, when I was younger and I did something, my mom's response, uh, if it was really bad, her response was she would deal with the issue and then she would say to me, wait till your father gets home. For the rest of that, that uh, time, I would be as good as possible, hoping that my mom would have some mercy on me and she'd not share it with my dad. As I got a little older, and I remember in one particular time as a teen, um, I really pushed the boundaries. I was sitting there watching a TV program and my mom came in and she said into the living room, she came into the living room and she said to me, son, you need to go and feed the animals. I didn't look at her. I was just focused on the, the TV and I simply nodded my head. Uh, not a good move. Uh, she said to me, <laughs> she says, when I speak to you, you do not nod your head. You respond with words. Again, I didn't look at her. I kept my focus on the TV, uh, and I said to her, yeah, I'll, I'll feed the animals when I'm done watching it, my program. And she then, in, in a very authoritative voice, she says, no. And as soon as she said no, I turned to her, and she says, you will do it now. I must have rolled my eyes or given some type of an expression because my next response from my mom was, Son, I brought you into this world, and I can take you out. Now, my mom would never follow through on that threat. But what is true is that that day, the way she said it, the look in her eyes, set a tone and established her authority in my life as a teen boy. I don't know if I ever questioned her again on anything she asked me to do. Uh, I got the point. Well, that is what's happening here. Jesus has established his authority in his teaching, and we've just went through that. And now there's an establishment of his authority as he, as he walks in this earth. And you'll see over the next few chapters uh, different, different events taking place where it is establishing Jesus' authority. So today we have two healings that I want to look at. Let's look at the first one. The first healing is with a man who has leprosy. And it's in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 1. Let's read it together. Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly, the leprosy disappeared. 
Then Jesus said to him, don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. So let's just look at a few things that are happening here. Uh, This man has this leprosy, and as you know, leprosy was something that um, was a sickness that affected the skin. Uh, It was was caused uh, deformity with people. And, uh, and because of that, because of the, how highly contagious it was, these people were banished from their community. And uh, no one would even touch them. No one who is healthy would even dare touch somebody who had leprosy. This story is really about a renewing and restoring that Jesus presents us here. What takes place is renewing and restoring. So the first thing I want us to notice is that Jesus reached out and touched him. Can you imagine what the crowd, because it says there's a crowd of people who were following him from the mountainside, what they must have thought is Jesus reached out and touched him. There must have maybe been some gas. Even the disciples might have went, oh my goodness, what's he doing? But also think about this, this man, we have no idea how long he had had leprosy. Maybe it was years and years, but it probably been some time since someone who was clean would actually touch him in a loving way. Amazing what it must have felt like to have someone who would, who would show that much love would reach out and touch him. Jesus didn't have to touch him, but he did touch him. He touched him because it was not just a physical healing, but I believe there was so much more involved in this healing that he reached out and he touched him. What it must have been like. Then we read that Jesus says, don't tell anyone. Have you ever noticed that those very first verses, in verse 1 it says that a crowd of people followed Jesus down the mountainside. Why was he saying, don't tell anyone? I mean, a whole group of people just saw it. Who else was he going to tell? Well, it was this. It was the fact that this man was banished from the, from the Jewish community. That Jesus was wanting to see him restored. It was about renewing him. It was about restoring him back into this community, not just physically, but the spiritual community that was lost because of his leprosy. And so Jesus said, listen, we're going to do this right. Go to the priest, let him examine you, and from there, let them declare that you have been healed, do the offering, and then you can celebrate with your family. I mean, and what a celebration it must have been. So that's what's kind of happening here. Jesus is restoring not just his physical body, but he is restoring the spiritual community that was lost because of this leprosy. And so you see Jesus working within the Jewish nation. And, and today he still desires for the Jewish nation to be healed. But he also desires for us to be healed. Let's look at the next one. Let's read about the, the Roman soldier uh, here. And we'll start in verse 5. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. 
Jesus said, I will come and I will heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Stay, say the word where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only, I only need to say go and they go, come and they come. And if I say to my servants, do, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast of the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those from whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officers, Go back home, because you believed it, was, it, it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. Well, what's happening here? There's a few observations that I would love to make. The first is, is that this, this Roman commander, soldier, uh, he defines Jesus' authority. He knows that all he has to do is speak and the people around him will obey him. He doesn't have to lord, he doesn't have to, to make sure that it happens. His authority is so powerful, just as the authority over him is so powerful, all they need to do is say, you do this and it happens. He tells Jesus that he believes that that same power, that same amount of power, that same type of authority, that Jesus has that over sickness, over this, this servant who is, who is ill, who is paralyzed, that he says, you have that power just to speak it. This certainly takes Jesus' authority to the street, doesn't it? It's not just that he says, hey, you know, this is in the Sermon on, these are the things of God, this is the way you need to act. But he takes his authority to the streets. His belief, his belief in Jesus' authority brought about the healing. Isn't that, isn't that something? It isn't a religious thing that he was believing. This man wasn't religious as far as we know. He simply believed that Jesus had the authority to do this. And so he told Jesus that, and it happens. You know, I think it brings a challenge to my life and perhaps to our life is that, is this, is that do we believe in the authority of Jesus now? Will I allow his authority to be exercised in my life? And when I come to a conclusion, I'll try to hopefully bring this about in, in how we can apply it. But there's another thing that I want us to look at. And that is, is that this here is a time in which Jesus is saying that the Gentiles, that he has come not just for the Jewish nation, but the whole world, the Jews and the Gentiles, the whole entire world. Although later in, in Matthew chapter 10, we see that Jesus says to the disciples, don't go, into the, don't go to the Gentiles uh, people, but just to the Jewish people. But then finally, by the end of Matthew, we see that, that Jesus' authority is to the whole world, that the whole world is being given his authority, that, that we are to go into the whole world and preach the good news. And Jesus is establishing that here. 
at this time. That's how far-reaching as his authority is. His authority is not just with the nation of Israel, but with the whole world. This gospel is not just for an elite group of people. It is for the entire world. And that's the authority he has to change the world around him. And we as a church have that. It's been given to him. He is in us. And that authority through him is to the world around us. Well, how, how can we bring this to a conclusion? How can we apply this? Well, first I think is this, is that like the man who is a, was a leopard, he needed not just a physical healing, but he needed a spiritual healing. He needed that touch from Jesus. What about you in your life? Is there something in your life that you need to allow the Holy Spirit to touch you? that authority and the power of God to touch you in your life, that you would surrender yourself to him and say, touch me, heal me. Oh, the moments and times in my life when I have felt that, when I've engaged with that, when I know that is marvelous. Last is this, and I conclude with this, and that is that the challenge of Christ's authority in my life. What does it mean to trust the authority of Christ in my life? What areas do I need to submit? You know, here, here's, here's a good thought, and that is that submitting to Jesus' authority is not what I lose, but the healing I gain. It's not, it's more, it, it's not so much about the physical healing, it's about the spiritual healing. And when I submit to his authority in my life, when I say, God, you have the right to come and to speak into my life, there is a healing what I give up, what I submit to, is so much greater. The healing that comes is so much greater than what I, what anything I have to give up. And then maybe we can be like that leopard who, who, who goes to God and say, "Heal me." And then we go to the family, our family members, and we celebrate the healing that God has done in our life. Well, I hope that God's authority in your life can be established. And that you this week will walk in that authority. May the Lord bless you this week.